Welcome to the Hyperbeat Podcast. Each episode, we chat with fitness professionals to get the story behind the business they created. All right, guys, welcome back. Episode 24 of the Hyperbeat Podcast. On this edition of the pod, we chat with Adrian Day. Adrian is the owner of School of Strength in Bega, New South Wales. We chat through the early days, from humble beginnings through to becoming a pillar of the local bigger community. Adrian details the value of being actively involved in his local community, as well as the positive impact inclusiveness can have on your business. We also explore the many varied ways COVID has impacted, impeded, and improved the way the business of fitness gets done. Finally, we talk through Adrian's training philosophy and how that is applied to his members and their fitness goals. And we ask about the gorilla. My first question to Adrian, where did your initial interest in sport and fitness come from? Mate, look, it's a, t- it, look, it's a tough one. I think, um, you know, I, I probably, like I was fairly athletic as a kid, mm-hmm. made some, you know, made some junior rep sides with the Raiders, played schoolboys, and just but like probably kept fairly, you know, fairly fit and active all through, married, kids, mm-hmm. and while that didn't slow it down, you know, you, your requirements sort of take a back step. So stop playing. I wasn't getting, it wasn't any good apparently, according to my wife, which is a bit of a joke of ours. And so that sort of took a step, a step back. Still, we were, we were living in Canberra at the time. Um, she took an opportunity to get a role with Nestle. So that big multinational yep. chocolate machine, chocolate making machine, and then and, and then so, we, so then we moved down the coast. So we had a bit of involvement um, with a couple of friends that we had about getting involved in their junior rep sides from a from a trainer slash coach point of view, okay. and did that which I liked. But the, the but the gym level, you know, and like it's mate, gyms are gyms are gyms. You know, some people some people have a favourite gym and it's their place that they go to while a whole bunch of other gyms don't seem to fit any sort of, you know, any sort of environment. So I was going to a gym, I had just finished my level one strength and conditioning mm-hmm. accreditation, mm-hmm. went to probably who I thought was the local power gym down here on the South Coast and said, mate, you know, I've got to do, you know, I've got to do mandatory 30, 30 hours of mentoring. And he basically said, mate, we can't help you. We don't, you know, we don't do strength training here. I've gone, you what? He said, mate, we, we just, we don't do it. So what do you, what do you do do it? I said, you got barbells and dumbbells and racks. He said, yeah, we don't, we don't do strength training. So I was a little, I was a little bit put off there. And then in the end, I basically said, you know, every, you know, everybody in vegan needs a different option. So I was still working, I was still working full-time in Canberra. What were you doing full-time? I was the, and the title, mate, the title is fucking impressive. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> It's um it's the title titles. is the the just mate, it's all about titles. <laughs> uh, the title was security manager CSC Australia. Okay, so CSC Australia had four and a half thousand staff, fifteen locations around Australia, and it was part of the bigger CSC organisation that had ninety thousand clients all around the globe. So. I was still working. I was still working five days. Mm-hmm. Um, had a couple of friends who said, "Look, we really want to, you know, we really want to think about getting, you know, a little bit fitter and stronger." I spoke to my boss and said, "I want to work four days in the office and one day from home." Mm-hmm. And he's gone. Yep, we can do that. So I had two clients in the morning, so from six till seven, uh, from six and seven. Then brought someone in at lunchtime from twelve thirty to one thirty. 
and then I had a another client or a small group. It depended on the you know it depended on what they wanted on that afternoon. So from say five thirty to six thirty. Okay, and you were running that, that out of your house? Oh, mate, I was running that out of my one and a half car garage. Oh wow, okay, cool. And it's interesting because like like everybody who comes here gets a student ID number because you know it is a school, and I've still got student number three and four who wow, are still okay, with so me, and we're at, yeah, yeah, and we're at ten great. years. Great. We're at ten years next year. Still doing that. Said to the boss, I'd like to work three days a week in the office. I said yep. And then two days in the office and then one day in the office. And then in the end, you know, Susie, who's my wife, and I basically said, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, the writing's starting to be yeah. on the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. And look, and I think, mate, and I think that's the problem for a lot of for a lot of PTs out there. They go, you know, I need this big, glossy space, you know, with all the latest tools and gadgets mm. and, and everything instead of going, no, 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 just start small. And even if it's just, you know, one or two clients a week, just build that base. Mm. Don't worry about getting your name out there to, you know, on the front of your local paper or anything. Just, you know, just build a community. So in 2016, I basically gave my boss six months notice. And then during that time, we can, we changed the one and a half car garage into, we probably tripled the space in, in that, in that area. And then in 2000 and at the arse end of 20, 2019, just before everything burnt and got locked up. We were looking for a place and like one of our clients is a real estate agent. So he's made a phone call to us. He said, Oi, do you realise that the music shop's closing down? And I've gone, mate, you've been with me for a while. You have no idea. You know that I don't have any <laughs> musical talent at all. I said, what Why the fuck do you that? want? What do I know? And he's gone, do you think the landlord would want another tenant? And I've gone, oh, so that sort of sparked my interest a bit. Yeah, so, nice. And that was on yeah. the main street? Mate, yeah, that's just off the main street. Oh, the so main you street, can yeah. so you can pull up at the main street of, of Carp Street heading out of Vega. Mm-hmm. And if you look up to your left, you'll basically see the great big gorilla and the magpie on the window. Okay. Well, I was going to ask about the gorilla a bit later, but I'd love to get yeah, the story yeah. behind oh, mate, the, look, the gorilla. So, mate, look, the gorilla to me, it's the king of the beasts. You know, people say lions are the king of the beasts. But I don't see a lion getting up and going, oh, I really need to scratch my back, but I can't. Point. So I'm just going to walk along and pick up this palm tree, pull it out of the ground and scratch my back and then throw it like 30 metres down the road. <laughs> and to, that, mate, to them, they just sit there, sit there and just survey their environment until they need to act. And that's you know similar to what I like to do. I like to just sit and watch. And, you know, that's the reason why I probably going to coaching because I was just – I was just a little bit annoyed with the level of coaching and experiences with people that people were getting around Vega. Mm-hmm. I was just I was just a little bit annoyed with the you know with you know if you want to put on twenty kilos, here's a program. If you want to drop twenty kilos, here's the same program. So yeah, so signed a lease in February twenty twenty. So the bushfires had just come through, and then the world got shut down. I guess we could start with the bushfire aspect of it. Oh mate, look, 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 look Bega was Bega was okay, but yeah. depending on you know weather conditions and you know what was going to happen, you know Bega was in the firing line. And like, and I've got some clients who are who are RFS guys, and you know we're in the in the thick of things. You know, firstly in Tartha the year before, and then everything erupted at the start that first day of, mm-hmm. or that first week of 2020, mate. Yeah. And they were, you know, they were in the middle of it. But we're okay. I've never, I've never. I've never spent a whole day in darkness before and fucking don't want to do it again because it was, it was, um, uh, yeah, it, look, it was, it was scary, but like, we were okay. We just stayed at home. Like we're, you know, we're up on, 
you know, we've got a pretty good outlook of the of the valley from okay. where we are, so we're okay. Yeah. But yeah, you know, talking to um, talking to a couple of guys who were affected, and you just like you just don't know how they can continue to kick along. And like you know, we've got, like we got a lady here who her and her husband runs the Kabaga Hotel, and it basically it, it basically come up to their down the um, down the gully where the river is. You know, the matriarch of Kabaga, you know, there was fireball ripped through there, and another client would have lost and lost a home apart from she had a um, a water tank uh, near her back door. The fire actually came through, put a hole in the put a hole in the water tank, and put the flames out near her back door. So in terms of that period, you know, shortly thereafter, did it take a while for people to return to the gym? So fires came February, March, the whole world shut down, as we, you know, as we all know. Mm. So so that allowed us for, for some people, some people didn't survive that. But for us, like we had to deal with so our so, you know, as you mentioned, our shop, you know, our shop was a music stop was a music store beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you deal with council on regular occasions, you know that it's just not as simple as ticking a box. Um, so there was a little bit of work that we had to do. So we were probably lucky, mate. Like in all honesty, like we could, like we could really sit back and go, okay, what do we, you know, what sort of feel do we want at the school? You know, what do we want people to see when they come through the front door or the back door? So instead of actually trying to run the business, still train clients, you know, still engage with everybody. You know, that three months, everybody shut down. So we just basically just painted walls and knocked walls out and, you know, sketched up floor plans and, and just had a look at where everything was going to go. So you basically used that time to set yourself up. Did you need any cash flow coming through the business during that time? Like, that. like we were pretty lucky from a financial point of view because yep. we had some money in the bank. I do remember my landlord, he rang me and he said, okay, mate. He said, how, how many things is going to last? I said, oh, mate, I don't know, six weeks. You know, and that was just me Guessing. taking my crystal ball out and having a fucking guess. And he's gone, <laughs> okay, six weeks, you reckon? I said, I don't know, no idea. So he said, okay. He said, so pay, pay your first month's rent. He said, before you pay the second month, ring me up. And I'm going, okay. So, you know, first of April rolled over, money went into the bank. Ten minutes later, he rings me. He's gone, you stupid. And I'm going, no, Tony, why? He said, didn't I tell you to ring me before you put that money in? I've gone, well, yeah, yeah, you did. I said, but at the end of the day, if I've got money in the bank, I'm paying you. And he's gone, well, you don't have to. And I said, well, that's the way we operate. Like, and we were fairly lucky, mate, because, you know, like our customer base here, it's a fairly big community we have here. And we jokingly say that it's like a, that it's like a family of misfit. We basically took every single client online who wanted to be online every week. They get three sessions a week. They get a upper body body weight session. They'd get a lower body body weight session or whatever equipment they had or people come and borrowed stuff off us. And then they'd get a conditioning session. And I basically said to all my clients, if you want to pay money, pay money. We're all going to struggle. So we basically set up a little YouTube channel. I'd basically, you know, because because I'm not a fan of the internet and stuff, I'd, I'd basically send text text out to everybody and basically go, here's the, here's the program, here's the video explaining it, and just fill your boots. Send money, don't send money. Don't care. I just want you guys ready to roll when we are, you know, when the world's allowed to play together again. So you, so you approach it probably a little bit differently with the online component. Most people would, from our experience anyway, uh, were running classes live via, might have been Zoom or Facebook Live or yeah. something like that. Yeah, look, mate, look, and I thought about that too. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, I thought about that too, but you know, like we, you know, we got some clients, and I'm and I'm sure that everybody who runs a gym or has a personal training service, you know, had people who were classed as you know essential workers. And I just basically said to people, you know, here's here's a link, here's the you know here's the sets and rep strategy. The do it or don't do it, but at least it's there. Oh, you know, everyone's on a different schedule as well, so I guess well, yeah, a bit more yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like, and the thing that I didn't want to do was run, you know, run a, you know, run a Zoom session at six a.m. in the morning on yeah, a Monday, yeah. um, and have everyone go. I'm not out of bed by then. Yeah, yeah. but this is your normal time yeah. because, like, we like we run a schedule, so we're probably a little bit different to everybody else. We are a by appointment only facility. While we do have a couple of, of walk-ins every now and again, if you want to come in and use our space, you get in contact with us. You see, and, and, and we'll basically let you know if we've got space or not. I guess that leads in nicely to your training philosophy. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Oh, look at it. Look, it is strength-based. Yep. You know, because my background is in a sports background, mm-hmm. our training philosophy is push, pull, hinge, squat. We try to get everybody in to do one orientation session or one testing session so we can sort of see what their movement practices are like, see what their weak, you know, see what their strong points are, see what their weak points are, see how they squat, see how they hinge, see what difference is between their left and right strength levels, mm-hmm. see what their body weight rows like, see what their chin-ups like, um, and see what their core control is like. And then once we do all that, We've basically got a fairly good handle on how we can load, what we can load with, and in particular, you know, what areas they're looking at. So, look, and I took the piss out of the gym before that basically gave everyone the same program. Mm-hmm. So we had a 6 a.m. group in this morning, which was men only, and the program was was lower body, uh, lower body specific. So we had knee dominant, hip dominant. We then had, you know, because it's Thursday and it's pretty good weather down here, we had to get some curls in. Crucial, you know. crucial. <laughs> yeah, crucial, mate. Crucial. When summer's coming. <laughs> Got to be ready. So um, everyone is participating in the same movement. So, for example, you know, we got you know one bloke who's got a bit of a low back issue. So with his so with his lateral lunge, he didn't he didn't load. However, the bloke he was training with, he was um, he basically loaded himself with a twelve kilo medicine ball. Normally at that hour of the, of the day, it's normally just me here, and so you know we have a bit of a chat to start off with. All the exercises are shown. So pair people up. I try to get people who haven't trained together to train together mm-hmm. so they can build that little bit of a relationship with different people. Because then if they see him in the street, they, you know, they can have a conversation. And then, you know, I basically keep an eye on it. Anybody you talk to will basically hear me say, no, 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 next set you're going heavier. Don't be scared. You know, understand that your body's designed to move and move well. And if it doesn't move well, well, then we, well, then we have a look at it and we understand why it doesn't move well and, you know, understand I mean, everyone's got anxiety around movement regardless of who they are professional athletes have anxiety they're not being able to perform you know we've got an 84 and 85 year old bloke in here who are absolute monsters and then we've got 20 year old ladies who come in who are concerned about lifting a little bit heavier because they don't want to bulk up and i just go just allow your body to be stressed because your body doesn't stress you're not going to grow and if your body doesn't grow you're going to sit back and go what am I doing? If you don't see those changes, and not so much from a body perspective, but from a mind perspective, yeah, you, if, like if you if you walk in and go, oh, same shit again, it's mate, it becomes boring after a while. So if I can ask about growing your customer base, are you yep. actively advertising in the community? I know you're heavily active in the local community. The SOS logo is on just about everything in town. <laughs> you are quite connected to a lot of the sporting clubs as well. I don't want to see 
sporting clubs die and not being able to put cones out or mm. put anything out. And it's not like it's not a lot of money. Oh. Like if they can get two kids to play that wouldn't normally play, there's a difference. So do you think that's helping to drive new clients through the business? It's interesting you ask that question, Nick, because before we did the extension in the first SOS, yep. we, you know, I took out an advertising paper with, you know, an advertising package with a local paper to become one of their footing tipping stars. Not once did anyone stop me in the street going, why the fuck did you pick this side <laughs> over this side? What are you doing? There was no feeds to any social media outlets. Yeah, there was yeah. no, you know, there was no link to, to Facebook and no link to Insta or anything like that. So at the end of the, so the end of that, end of that season we stopped and our focus was the same as a good restaurant like if you if you don't like it here you tell me but if you do like it here you tell everyone else it, it's crucial that you need to know why people are unhappy with your business but you also need to know why people are happy and why people are spooking you to you yeah for sure i think that feedback is crucial really i mean if you're not hearing that feedback from your client base you can't improve your services for example when we moved locations i basically sent a survey out to all our client base and say okay this is what we're thinking, you know, my thoughts, we'd basically run Monday to Monday to Saturday morning and basically have a Saturday morning of a bit of a come in, do some shit you wouldn't normally do, ask some questions of coaches, have a coffee, read a book, you know, just come in for, for an hour and just sort of get and, and just sort of get some work done. I, I, I must thank my clients. No one said we want to do that. Nobody wanted to train Saturday morning. That just meant that, you know, what I was thinking of doing probably wasn't going to work with my client base. It probably would have opened up a new avenue. Like, and I say this to all my clients here, you know, because I've had some clients who are new gone, oh, you don't open on weekends. And I said, you should have more important things to do on a weekend <laughs> than go to the gym. Get to the beach, go somewhere else where you wouldn't normally go. I did see across some of your social media stuff, it's like a, almost like a library that you've Correct. set up for people to come and borrow books. What was yeah. that? I think, personally, I think that's a great idea. But uh, what was the inspiration behind that? I read a lot. We've got an accountant who's, um, who's a local girl. And so, <laughs> and so every now and again, she'd see this, purchase for books and she just she just walked like she walked in one day and went now i get it so what do you get she said i get i, I get all the book purchases we don't read quality stuff mm -hmm. and that's the big thing you know we've we're, we're so used now to getting that information in five or ten minutes that we're not interested in looking for anything else yeah. you know and that's you know that's my biggest problem what's the response been from your from your members are they getting behind the the library idea yeah yeah, so you know, look, we got everything from health, fitness, different people's journeys, mm. biographies, autobiographies. Yeah. Okay, so moving forward, have you got any kind of big scary goals for School of Strength? Over the next probably couple of years mm -hmm. is to probably let go of the reins a little bit. Probably bring in a couple of couple of trainers and a couple of strength coaches who understand and sort of breathe our philosophy. We've got a school-based trainer at the moment. Like we'd probably have a look at probably bringing some probably another one or two coaches in. The reason for that be to give you some more availability to work on the business rather than in it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's. Uh, I speak to a, quite a few gym owners and business owners. Uh, that's the main thing most of them are working towards, but it's very hard to get there. Mate, it is. Look, yeah. look and as, you know, as, as my wife says, you know, she goes, people don't come here because, because they want to train at a school. They come here because they want to be trained by you. So here's the thing, right? We opened two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. 
And we clean this gym every day. You know, during the times of COVID, you literally drank hand sanitizer and spat it everywhere and wiped everything to an inch of its life. While we still do that to a degree, mm-hmm. we're put on a um, contract cleaner. So tonight at 6.15 when our last client leaves, mm-hmm. we shut the door and walk away. Because otherwise, otherwise, like it was two and a half years, that two and a half years were the longest two and a half years of my life because, you know, you'd be in here at half past five on a Monday, Monday morning. Last group's in at six at, um, six o'clock, so they leave at seven, and then it's an hour and a half to clean. So, Adrian, if people want to get in touch with you or, you know, maybe follow your journey via social media, what are the best ways for them to do that? So, look, probably the best way is Facebook. Just go to Facebook, type in SOS Bega, and you'll be hit with everything that, that SOS Bega says and does. Yep. Insta. Insta's there as well, uh, same title, websites, and I've got to use my radio voice when I do this, <laughs> www.schoolstrength.com.au. If you'd like to be involved in an episode of the Hyperbeat podcast, send an email to info at hyperbeat.com.au or contact us through our social media channels.